I'm loving the, uh, the, the look of this, and it is a great opportunity to find out a little bit more about what we get up to uh, each of us uh, midweek. And uh, hopefully over the next few weeks, we can, we can do more of that um, uh, so that we can encourage one another and pray for one another. Um, so as, as Risa said, uh, we're setting off on a, a new uh, teaching series uh, this week. Thank God it's Monday, and I guess something like... Uh, the following is what we're hoping for, that um, over the course of this five weeks, we get to the point where, I mean, not exactly we can spring out of bed on a Monday morning. I mean, no, that's just not natural, is it? Uh, nobody springs out of bed on a... Uh, but, you know, when we get out of bed on a Monday morning, that we do so uh, able to say and mean it, thank God it's Monday, because... We've, not just because we've had a terrible weekend or because, you know, finally the kids are going to go to school and be looked after by somebody else or a- any reason like that, but because we've got a sense of what, how we fit into God's purposes in our work um, and in our weekday activities. So when we talk about work here, um, I- I'll probably say work lots of times uh, through the course of, uh, the course of this. What that's supposed to include is whatever our weekday occupation is, whatever the typical activities are that we get up to during the weekday. So we might be retired, we might be uh, studying, we might be uh, working our, our, our work, if you like, our occupation might be in the home or in the community or out and about. It might be in all sorts of places, but what we're talking about here is whatever our regular weekday activities are. So I thought I'd start by um, saying a bit about, about my work, and then uh, uh, I'll ask you a bit about, about yours. Uh, so um, at my, um, my work just now, I work for the University of Leeds, uh, but my first job was um, in a weaving factory that looked a little bit like this. So the towel... Um, the towel on here, that was, that, that's, that, that's my, uh, one of my contributions uh, because um, I worked for several years for Courtauld's Textiles, that's their logo uh, down there, and in a uh, factory that, that wove towels. And if you want to know how they get the loops into the towels uh, through a loom, I'll be glad to uh, bore you to tears with the technology of weaving that puts loops in towels. Um, uh, so I was a trainee manager. That was quite challenging for me. Uh, I was coming from, I guess, uh, you know, from the Midlands, quite a middle-class background, university educated, into uh, a traditional northern town mill. So this was in Hyde, um, over Manchester Way. I worked in production planning and supply chain. I had a bit of a career crisis around 1997, uh, but eventually managed to move into management consultancy, uh, with PricewaterhouseCoopers, whose logo's at the top, and I worked with a f- number of clients whose logos you see around there. And then I realized that I really yearned to do stuff which had got a more academic and intellectual character, and that's what's led me to the job that I'm in uh, now at the University of Leeds. And uh, as some of you know, if you've been here a long time, we've been here since 2006. Uh, and... Uh, and um, my first academic book is uh, my, my other contribution on the table. Real page turner, if you're ever struggling to um, get to sleep at night. Uh, <laughs> passions and persuasion in Aristotle's rhetoric could be for you. Uh, okay, so um, 
So there we go. Um, and uh, those are some of my comments. So that's, that's some of the team that I, uh, that I work with. Uh, so the, the question is, what's, what's your midweek work or your occupation? I mean, let's just have a little kind of show of hands. I mean, how many others are in education? in some form or another in education. So, yeah, quite a few in one... I mean, and, and I imagine we might put our hands up several times over the course of this because these categories are not mutually exclusive. Uh, how many are in healthcare or caring for people's well-being, perhaps including, um, you know, addressing the needs of those who, are, uh, who have fallen on hard, hard times? Okay, how many folks would fall into that category? Okay, yeah. Uh, what about making and manufacturing, construction, building something, stuff? Yeah, yeah, a few. Yeah, okay, good. And, uh, and you know, I, 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 I'm sort of, uh, there's a part of me that is sort of slightly disappointed that we didn't have a kitchen sink from Tim uh, here. Sorry? There's a piece of pipe, yes, yes. Uh, instead of the kitchen sink, we have... A small, a small length of 15 mil. Uh, yeah, okay, good. Um, <laughs> um, uh, what else? Christian mission. That's another. Um, Nathaniel, that's, that's, that's for you. <laughs> okay, that category. Uh, what, about, what, about, what about community building, governance, society, things that help the community and society to run uh, to, to run well. Okay, so quite a few in that. Yes, uh, James, I was thinking, you know, um, civil service and governance, definitely part of that. The police, all sorts of things. What about retail, sales, trade, transport? Have we got anybody in that, that area? Yeah, some? Yeah, okay. Um, any studying? Yeah, okay, yeah, great. Um, Caring up, raising uh, children. Yeah, quite a few of Gosh, lots of um, homemaking. I mean, it's, in a way, that's... That. Uh, finance. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Darren, Darren does a bit of everything. He's, he's put his hand up virtually every category. <laughs> but, but that's because Darren's got a very interesting job that does involve doing a bit of everything around, uh, around that, that, that business. Um, uh, how about the arts? Any involved in, in the arts? In, in... Yeah, okay, good. Um, technology. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm involved in uh, technology. Providing services to other sectors. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, anybody not, not had a vote yet? All right, that'll... Uh, uh, so a question I can ask myself is, why has the Lord put me in the University of Leeds Ethics Centre? Right, that's a good question for me to ask. And a question uh, for you to ask and to chat about maybe with one person, uh, you know, little groups of two or three, uh, make sure everybody's included. What's your first answer to why has the Lord put you in your midweek situation? Right, what's his purpose for you in your midweek situation? Right, take a quick minute. What do you think the answer to that question is? Okay, so that's just, a, just an initial uh, stab at that question. Hopefully we can... Um, it's, not, it's not that easy a question, is it? Not, not, not a straightforward question. 
Now, usually when Christians think about what, their purpose, what God's purpose is for them in their weekday situations, we can often tend to think about how we can contribute in some way to um, reconciling people to the Lord, right? People who are uh, playing some part in reconciling to God folks who are currently far from him or estranged uh, from him. How many of you included something like that in what you, what you said, in helping to um, enable people to, to, come to know, come to know Christ? Okay, uh, well, um, so much for my thought that lots of Christians <laughs> think that way. But historically, lots of Christians do think of our, our weekday situations as, if you like, places where we can uh, be a light for Christ to others, helping to play some part in reconciling uh, them to, uh, to him. And of course, that's, that's correct. Um, but that's not what we're focusing on today. What we're looking at today is the actual work or occupation or activities that we do. How do those things themselves fit into God's plans and purposes? And we can get um, the beginnings of an answer by, um, by looking at God himself. And that's what we're going to do in the passage uh, for today. So we're going to get some uh, bits of Genesis uh, read, uh, read to us. So if you've got a Bible to hand or... Um, a Bible on your device or what have you. Kath is going to read uh, some. Um, it'll be page one, uh, so it shouldn't be too difficult to find. <laughs> In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of the Lord was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said... Let there be light. And there was light. The next one, chapter 3, uh, 16 to 19. And this is after the, the man and the woman have despaired God. To the woman, he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. And to Adam, he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you will return. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I'm actually going to include some comments on the, the sort of bits in between um, the, 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 the whole narrative of God creating um, day, day by day, uh, but I'll sort of refer to, uh, to those as we, uh, as we go along. Um, and especially if you've got a Bible, probably a good idea to have it, have it to hand. So the first observation that I want to make um, 
from, from the story of creation is that God is a worker. God is portrayed in this passage as somebody who works. So if we read um, uh, Genesis chapter 2, after God has done you know, each of the seven days that are represented in chapter 1, um, uh, chapter 2 says, uh, In this way the heavens and the earth were finished um, in all their vast array, and on the seventh day God rested from all from all the God by the seventh day God had finished the work the work that he'd been doing he rested from all his work then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he that he had done right so the conclusion of this narrative is that God has has been working he's been doing some work he is being portrayed as a worker He's been making stuff. I mean, maybe, I mean, the, the, the bit that I particularly love in, in chapter one, um, uh, so this is the fourth day of creation. God said, let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and the years. And let them be lights in the dome of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made the two great lights, the big light to rule the day and the little light to rule the night. I don't know whether you've ever noticed that. The Babylonians, in the context that this was written, they worshipped the sun and the moon. And the writer is sort of like poking fun at them. You're worshipping a light. You idiots. Right? Big light, little light. And God made them. They're just things that God made. Oh, he also made the stars. That's not bad for a day's work, is it? And he does it by talking. So that's a little bit different from how we make stuff. But, God is the, but there's a similarity too. God is, you know, we make car engines, computer programs, and cakes. Right? In doing so, we're doing some making in the kind of way that God is also somebody who makes stuff as part of his work. Some of God's work is repetitive the same day in and day out. When you read through that chapter, God speaks, he makes this and that according to its kinds, he sees that it's good, there is evening and morning, day one. There is evening and morning, the same thing happens, day two, day three, day four. How many of us have repetitive elements to our work? The same thing happens each day. How many of you identify with that, that that a part of your daily activity is repetitive, right? And some of us may like that, and some of us may find that very annoying, but the thing to notice is that that's built into how we are like God. When we have repetitive elements to our work, we're, we're mirroring how God is and how God works. It's normal. But God's work, of course, is also very creative. There's an extraordinary variety um, and color to his creation. So the phrase, he made this and that according to their kinds, is, sort of highlights the creativity and variety and diversity in, in what God has made. I mean, how many, how many of us would say that there's a creativity that we're able to exercise in our daily occupation? Yeah, so quite a lot of us, okay? And that would be more important to uh, some of us than to others, but it's good. And again, it's like God. 
So notice as well that God is a worker and he sets a pattern for us and for our work. So in this passage, the bit that I've underlined there, God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. So this isn't just saying that God worked six days and then rested for one. And that's an interesting fact about God. Right, when he blesses it and makes it holy, who's that for? Well, it's for us, right? That he did this thing, he worked for six days and then rested for one. And that in, in the way in which, he's work, in which he works, he's setting a pattern for our work and our occupations to work for, uh, uh, to work for six days and to rest for, for one. And I think that applies to the whole of his work. He, the way he works shows us part of, part of how we reflect our similarity to him. We're in his image. That just means that we're like him. We're similar to him in important ways. And how he works is the best way for us to work. Six days work, one day rest. But also, these other aspects of his work, um, repetition and regularity, but also creativity and variety. Uh, God is a community builder and not just among humans. So in uh, Genesis 1.22, he blesses the birds and the marine creatures in the sea. And he says, God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the waters in the sea, and let birds multiply on the earth. So when God blesses the, uh, the birds and the sea creatures... Um, he wants them to reproduce and fill the waters and the air. But he's not asking any individual bird or marine creature to do that. He's asking them to do that collectively by what they can do collectively in reproduction and, if you like, as a species. And when he, when he blesses humans, he passes on his uh, supervisory role. So the Lord is in charge of creation. He's sort of supervising it. And he passes that on to, not to you or you or you as an individual, but to us collectively. He expects humans to work together cooperatively and in communities to look after and develop the creation. So verse 26 of, uh, of verse 1, God blessed humans and said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, and take charge over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and every living thing that moves upon the earth. So, right from the beginning, a God who seems in himself to have a kind of community built into his nature, right? So we think about that as the, as the Trinity. I mean, we don't get, the, we don't get anything like the Trinity in, in, in this passage, but it's a curious thing for him to say. Let us make humans in our image. It's as though there's a kind of conversation and community, even in the heart of who God is. And he wants that to be reflected in how humans go about things. So how, how many of us, let's just have that show of hands again. How many of us have a daily occupation that in one way or another builds communities or, or helps foster communities? Our daily activities are part of, part of that. I would think that that would be um, uh, a part of lots of our roles. Not just kind of, I mean... There are ways in which that can be very explicitly part of, uh, part of our role, but the arts, I think, is all about building human communities and helping us to connect over art. Um, but in another area, trade and transport and sales, 
If we don't have trade and transport and sales, then we've all got to individually produce our own food. Sales and transport and trade enable us to do the things that we can specialize in and not have to be concerned about each having individually to produce our own food. So those things are about enabling us to operate as a community collectively to enable people to have the food that they need and the um, and various other things that we need, whilst we can specialize in our own individual and different contributions to the community. Okay, next, God takes satisfaction um, in his work. So as you read the story of creation, you get this phrase, and God saw that it was good. So God looks at what he's made, and he sees, yeah, hey, I made that. It's pretty good. He says that in, verse four, in chapter 1, verse 4, verse 10, verse 12, verse 18, verse 21, and verse 25. Right? He says that a lot about his creation. He saw that it was good. And when he's made the humans, the animals and the humans, he stands back and, uh, and it says God saw that it was very good. Right? He's, I think he's especially pleased once the humans are created. And I think what we need to see here is that God's intention for our occupations as well is for us to find satisfaction in what we do, to be able to see what we have done or made or contributed and be able to take satisfaction in the worth and the value of, uh, of that. And I think, I mean, though this is not in the text uh, itself, but, but I think part of that is he puts us together with others in organizations and teams so that we can help one another to take satisfaction uh, and find the value and be able to see the value in what we do, right? Because sometimes it's hard to see that yourself and it takes somebody else to come, al come along and, uh, and say, that's really great what you've, done, what you've done there or what you're doing there. Um, in a funny kind of way, I think being paid for an occupation is part, uh, helps contribute to that. Now, that doesn't apply to every occupation, but I think it is one of the roles of... I mean, there are lots of roles of being paid for, for stuff, but one role that pay can have is to demonstrate to you that somebody values what you're doing. Perhaps... As you find out, and as we find out more about other, what other members of the church family do uh, in our daily occupations, you can encourage one another um, about the value and the worth of what, what they do. You know, saying things like, it's such important work that you do. Thank you. I, I mean, I try, I try to remember to do that whenever I can um, to people who have that I encounter in a, work, in a work context. So, you know, the, the shopping goes through the Aldi till. Thanks for your help today. Um, or just meeting people who work in, different, in difficult professions, in the police or in social services. It's such important work that you do. Thank you for what you do. Even that it, perhaps it doesn't impact me directly. But thanking people for what they do, I think, is a way in which we can help one another to do what God does and reflect his image, to see what we've done and see that it's good. All right, and we can all help with that. Okay, God has delegated some of his work to us. Um, 
So in uh, verse 28 of chapter 1, the Lord says to uh, the humans, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, and take charge over the various creatures. In other words, he's saying, continue my creative work of filling the earth. Develop the, the world further, following my example. That's what he's saying, saying to us. It's as though he's kind of the CEO, um, saying, well, um, you know, saying to us as his kind of under-managers, uh, you know, can, can, can you look after this bit? Um, so our, our daily occupations are, if you like, under God, doing, doing under his authority our bit, if you like, of his work, carrying on his work. Subdue it and rule over it, the creation that is, does not mean, of course, that we humans are supposed to exploit, dominate, and ruin the created world. Right? That's, as perhaps historically, these verses have sometimes been abused to, uh, as though they meant that. It means exercise the kind of rule and supervision that the Lord does, who loves his creation and wants to develop it and wants it to thrive and flourish. So he's passing on to us a share in his loving care in creation. So now maybe in the light of that, take 30 seconds to think about how does your daily occupation fit perhaps into any of those categories? How do you reflect God's image or God's nature in yourself? Perhaps a little bit more and more. How does your work have some of those features? Okay, let's just take um, about 30 seconds of, to reflect on that. Hopefully there are some connections that you can, that you can see between your work and God's work and how your your work or your, your daily, weekday uh, occupation uh, fits into the Lord's plans and purposes for his world. And we'll talk about that more in a second, but let's, let's now think about the effects of our sin and disobedience on our occupations. All right, and that's why I had, if you like, part of the bad news um, uh, read out as well. So sin and God's response to sin, his, his punishment of it, affects all sorts of aspects of our lives. Well, it's, it's everywhere, isn't it? But, it? but that includes our daily occupations, and it includes the tasks and role that God gave to us as humans. So the Lord says, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe, uh, you will desire to conquer your husband. This is him speaking to the woman. You will desire to conquer your husband and he will rule over you. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles. You are dust. To dust you will return. So, filling the earth. So, in childbearing and reproduction, filling the earth is now difficult. There are difficulties associated with that, difficulties that folks like Liz work to alleviate and manage. Uh, but it is difficult for humans to fill, fill the earth, even though that was one of the things that the Lord has asked us to do. There is conflict and dysfunction in human relationships, particularly in ways that involve gender. So 
you will desire to conquer your husband uh, if, you, if you're interested in why we should understand that verse in that way. So the traditional reading is your desire will be for your husband, but I think it's correctly understood as you will desire to overthrow your husband, you will desire to conquer him, and he will lord it over you. It's, a, it's, a, it's part of things going wrong between the genders um, at, at, at this point in um, uh, in Genesis 3. There's now conflict between snakes and humans and perhaps between the whole tension between the whole animal kingdom and humans. Um, although there's the promise and hope of resolution to that um, embedded in the um, words to the snake. Uh, but yeah, the relationship between humans and the natural world becomes fractured and hostile. The ground is cursed, and it will be hard for humans to develop, cultivate, and manage the earth as the Lord had asked, asked them to do. So it's, we've still got this role to develop and manage the, um, uh, uh, manage the world, but it's hard and frustrating, and it quite often goes wrong. You will, effectively, the Lord's saying to, uh, to, to the humans, you're, you're going to try to grow crops, and you should, but you'll get a load of thorns and thistles instead quite a lot of the time. It will be toil and sweat, and it will be grueling work. So there's a lot that goes wrong and needs mending. And we're going to think a little bit about how sin and judgment and things that have gone wrong with, with creation apply to our work um, uh, in just a second. But I want to just have a, a quick word on how this um, helps us to get a perspective on unemployment. So just briefly, I think this passage and the story of creation shows us why unemployment is so awful. Why it is such a significant harm? Because it frustrates our godlike desire to, uh, our godlike urge to work. It disrupts the pattern of work and rest. It puts people outside the kinds of normal communities that are often the, the, the main ways in which we operate, right? So you end up sort of stuck outside lots of elements of human community if you're unemployed. It makes take, taking satisfaction in your in your occupation much harder. It increases frustration and futility. I, you, you particularly, in a, when unemployed, experience the, the, the harmful effects of sin and the consequences of sin. And it's harder to grow in God's likeness when unemployed. Right, these are all, that's just a massive catalog of reasons why unemployment is a serious, serious problem. Um, and I think as Christians, we can't, I guess this is a minority political view, but we can't, I think, as Christians, hold the view that unemployment is just one of those unavoidable costs that we've just got to live with and it's not so bad, um, you know, that, that, that we've just got to, got to endure that as part of our economic system. No, I think that can't be right for, for Christians on this, on this pattern. Employment and playing an active part in, in the community at whatever stage of life is part of how it's supposed to be for us. Um, and unemployment is, sets us at odds with that. It, it causes these harms. And I think we see that when we see how work fits into uh, the Lord's pattern. Okay, so with all of that 
in mind, back in twos and, twos and threes, have a think about your own situation. Maybe revisit that question. How does your daily occupation fit into God's purposes and plans? Why has the Lord put you there? The question that we asked earlier, how does your work fit into God's work? Your occupation, your activities fit into God's purposes. But also, how does sin and the consequences of sin affect your daily occupation? So maybe a couple of minutes, twos and threes. Don't have too big a groups because then it takes longer to get around everybody. Let's, let's maybe let those uh, conversations continue uh, afterwards. And in each, of, in each of these groups, you've only got one or two others uh, that you're hearing from. Well, there's stuff to hear from, from everyone. Um, so let's try and put all of this together. God's got creation purposes for us in working that are not just about putting things right that have gone wrong. They're right there from the start. Working is part of his original intention for us, contributing to filling, managing, and developing the earth. And in doing so, we show that we're like him and we become more like him. Sin and judgment frustrate work. They make it difficult. But we can join in God's work of healing and grace reaching into the ways in which the world is broken. And we can look forward in hope to the day when that will one day be complete. And the thing that I kind of set aside at the beginning, at the end of the day, the world will not be fully mended until we are reconciled with the Lord. So being separated from the Lord is at the heart of why things have gone wrong. And so the way in which reconciling people to God, that is at the heart of the renewal of creation in a way that can be lasting, that won't be sticking plasters. That God putting us right at the heart with him, reconciling us to himself, is, is the, that, is the, 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 that is where the real healing comes. Uh, but in all of this, we can pray for one another and encourage one another as we go about our daily occupations um, and we can play a part in helping us to find satisfaction, but also to honor the Lord more and more in how we do so. Uh, and I think we are going to pray a little bit um, uh, for one another later on, but let's, let's make that our business over these, over these next few weeks and beyond. And it's so great to see such a diversity of things. You know, this, in some ways, right, in some ways I miss my factory days, and I love stuff. I love businesses that do, you know, actual physical stuff, welding this to this and shaping it into, uh, into things. And uh, I'll be so delighted if somebody actually does want to know how you get the loops into, uh, into terry towels, uh, because I'd be only too delighted to, uh, to, to, to bore you to tears. Uh, healthcare, nappies, a piano tuning key, all sorts of things. Um, history. We've got... Um, and creative, so making things like God, um, the jams and the cooking pots and all sorts of things, um, and recreation as well, things which are part of rest and recreation, a pack of cards and a hockey stick and, um, 
and the Cubs and all sorts, of, uh, all sorts of aspects of this. Let's find out what each other are up to so that we can support one another and help us to step into the Lord's plan and be able to get to the point where we do, um, you know, grind out of bed on a, on a Monday morning but are able to say and mean it, thank God it's Monday.